0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: Welcome to a brand new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mccarthy 74 On this week's show, our special VIP guest is 2023 Munster Women's Hockey Top Gold Scorer beth Ann O'Farrell of Cork Harlequins, who joins me to talk about another remarkable season-winning trophies with our club and with the Munster Under-18 Inter-Pros. Resident Red FM Formula 1 expert Sarah Mackenzie-Foley joins me to discuss all the latest F1 off-track headlines and review an action-packed Miami Grand Prix. We have reaction from the Cork Seniors' remarkable comeback against Kerry in the Munster LGFA Senior Football Championship, a full roundup of all the latest Cork LGFA Club County League results, scorers and in-form players, and we have reaction from this past week's Cork LGFA Under-21B County final played at Parquiqui's 4G pitch in which Connor Kilty overcame Kinsale. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. It's been a fantastic 2023 for Cork Harlequin's beth Ann O'Farrell who finished as the Munster Women's Hockey's top goal scorer with 23 goals. Beth Ann joined me on this week's Big Red Bench to look back over a remarkable season in which she won trophies with her club Cork Harlequins and also helped the Munster under eighteens to interprovincial glory. Now here on the Big Red Bench, it is a real thrill to have with us um on the line from the Cork Harlequins Club, uh, one of Munster hockey rising stars. Beth Ann O'Farrell. Beth, you're very Beth you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. How are you?
2: Good, thank you for having me.
1: Not at all. It has been quite the year for you, to put it mildly. You are 17 years old, correct? Yeah. Uh, and the reason we have you on this week on the Big Red Bench, ahead of the Munster Hockey Awards ceremony that rounds off a fantastic season, what's been a fantastic season for Munster Women's Hockey, you are one of the five under-18 girls nominated on the player of for Player of the Year. Um, that must be a fantastic feeling for you, and there's some serious names in there with you. You're looking forward to that night, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I am there's a good few of us nominated so it'll be interesting to see who wins it
1: Yes you're in with Anya Power Ava Curran Isabel Martin Ruby Walsh and Sarah Fitzgerald names like your own that has been popping up week after week here on the Big Red Bench when we've covered Munster Women's Hockey Uh, what do you know about some of the players that are involved in that nominee and your fellow nominees
2: Um, Well I play with Anya in school club and we were on the same Munster team together this year and I've played with all the other girls like Ruby in club as well and then I've played with all the other girls um, up through the years um, like on months under 16s and months under 18s so I'd be good friends with them all so I feel like we all deserve to win it like honestly if mm-hmm. ever wins it in the end of the day like we'll all be happy for each other
1: well that's very good of you to say but there has to be one winner Bethan. so is there a bit of ribbing going yeah. on your, is there a bit of are there messages flying back and forth ahead of the night <laughs> no not really
2: For are all none of us are really like we wouldn't be like that now at all we would We'd all be happy You'll for be whoever wins
1: it. Very professional of you. Um, yeah. So look, that's something that you're looking forward to, something we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks, and good luck with that. Um, you certainly deserve yeah. it. thank you. It's been quite the year for Harlequins, um, the trophies yeah, that, that you've won. Talk to me about some of the successes that Harlequins have had this year.
2: Um, well, we got to the Munster Senior Cup final, and we had a tough loss there in Shuttles, but like, it was a great match. Um and used to see our like would have been like our biggest opponent this year, I suppose, in the Munster League anyway. Um it's always a great match we play against them, it's always very close. Um and then we had the league, which we won, which was great, like we only lost one match this year in the Munster um Div One League, so that was great. We had a successful year and then we beat Gary Duff or C in mm. the uh, did one cup only a few weeks ago, and that was that was a great success as well. That was another good match. I would have been one of our other big opponents this year. They're always a great match when well, you play against them.
1: It's been a fantastic year for Cork Harlequins. You've been integral to that because you scored uh, 23 goals and topped the goal scoring chart. Something that proved very po- has proven very popular when we've spoken about it on the big red bench. How good is this yeah. dressing room, and what was it like walking into a kind of an adult dressing room for the first time? How welcoming were they?
2: Um, we're all very welcoming like since when we started last year and like we obviously had a bit of a tough year last year and um, when we got relegated um from EY1 but the older girls were always so encouraging because it obviously was like the younger girls like there was a good few of us on the team and like it was obviously intimidating at the start but they were all always so welcoming and like they're always so encouraging on the pitch and like they really do create a really good atmosphere and like in the dressing room we always We'd always be joking around and stuff like it's, Like, it's great fun. Like, we had such a good year. I can't believe it's over, like, already. The (laughs) hockey season really flew.
1: It certainly did. And it's been one of the most interesting, and certainly from a media point of view, covering it, uh, one of the most entertaining and tight division, not just in Munster Division 1, but in the EY leagues as well. You mentioned UCC and the battles that you had with them. I just want to bring you back. Having lost the Munster Cup, I mean, that was a huge, you know, disappointment. It was only the following day that you had to go and play UCC again to to, to cement the league title. How difficult was that, but how, how happy were you afterwards having done that?
2: So it was like, obviously, tough to lose on shuttles. Shuttles is always a great way to win, but it's probably the worst way to lose the mm. match. Um, so when we, like that match, we had a lot of short corners, and I remember we just could not get any of them in the back of the net. UCC's Sure, corner defence was incredible to be fair to them. Um, but then the next day, like in the dressing room before, we were really able just to talk about all the stuff we needed to perfect the next day. And I think having the match the day before and like losing just like really like pushed us on. And we were like, we're not losing this again. Um, and we were just able to pull the win out of the bag
1: yeah. for the league title. And congratulations on that. That's not an easy thing to do as you said so soon after losing a cup in the manner that you did. You scored 23 goals this year. Now obviously you're getting, you're going to tell me that the service is fantastic from the players around you, that they're the reason behind it but there was quite a bit of rivalry on the scoring charts throughout the year because there was a lot of goal scorers in your team aside from yourself as well
2: Yeah um, there's always great banter going on in our group chat about top scorers like Michelle and Yvonne were biting at my heels all year and Obviously, there was other people in the league as well, and like I wasn't always on top. I was down a bit for a while as well, and like we're always joking in the group chat, who's going to score the most goals in the match. So I suppose that like kind of like helps to motivate you when you're going into a match, to try and score a few goals. It was all friendly and fun, but it was it was funny all year to see to see who would come out on top.
1: Can you believe that you finished top of the charts for somebody so young? Uh, at 17 like there's some serious players and names on, like Quiva Perdue is a name that's on, up on there there's a lot of very famous names in those goal scoring charts and you finished at the top have you had time just to take it in and realise what you've achieved
2: yeah I suppose I like never I wasn't really thinking about it throughout the year but um, when it was our last match and um, our manager said that I got top, top goal scorer, I was, I, I was kind of shocked like I knew that I was kind of up there throughout the year but I, I didn't really expect to finish on top I suppose, like there is always, I'm always kind of, um, taking a few goals that that could be on the line and stuff. And my teammates like to call me a poster sometimes. So <laughs> I suppose, like, there's a great team behind me to help me get those goals. Um, yeah. at the end of the day,
1: um, somebody so young playing against at adult senior level, Bethan. For a lot of girls around the same age as yourself, there's a huge amount of girls playing monster hockey throughout monster. Uh, it's growing every year. Um, you've had to adapt very quickly to playing at adult level. How how much have you been able? How better and how easy has it been to adapt, by virtue of the fact that you've come up through the monster interpro ranks? Have they been a big bonus and a big help for you to prepare you for playing at senior level?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely because the level that you'd be playing at in interpro matches is like high. So then, when you're going in with adults, it is different though because the physicality physicality level would be more intense and. Like, I suppose last year I started playing with Div 3 and Div 2, and then eventually I started training with the Div 1s. Um, and then I was like playing matches because I was young for a while, and, like for the start of the year, so I wasn't playing matches with them for a while, but then I started playing matches. And like the first match is always a bit of a shock, but definitely playing Div 2 and Div 3 improved my hockey like mm-hmm. so much and like helped me get to the level of playing with Div 1. And then this year, um, it made this year much easier. Like, you just kind of get into the flow of it and it becomes normal. Like, it's, I don't think it was too hard to adapt, but definitely the Interpro matches helped by bringing up your level of hockey.
1: Yeah. That's standard. That's a very good summation of it. And not alone that, but you and the Munster Under-18s went on and won the Interpros this year. How, how how That must have been a lovely feeling as well and a nice bunch of people to be playing with.
2: Yeah, no. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I still watch the video of the match all the time. Like, seriously, I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, that was actually one of the best days ever. Like, Just how we won it, because, like, last year, we obviously had, like, a tough loss against Ulster in the final, and Mm. we had, like, the team had worked, like, hard all year, and, like, last year, the Interpol was, like, a long season. It was almost a full year of training, and it's a lot of commitment for, like, a lot of players. And then, like, it was just Ulster, and, like, we had been so close to beating them in, like, one of the ordinary matches to lose them in the final was hard but i remember me and the girls that were still under 18 next year we set us out match. we were like next year we're gonna have it and then we obviously came in this year with a new team and we all like the team clicked straight away we would played with a lot of the players before though because the way that the ages go like you kind of play with the same team kind of every two years but like there'd obviously be like a few different changes mm-hmm. and then scoring on the final whistle in a short corner and like we had a goal coming and i feel like we deserved a goal definitely so uh, and then obviously we were on on cloud nine going into shuttles and we kind of had it won there because Ulster kind of dropped their heads and
1: yeah.
2: we were just able to finish it.
1: Yeah, well, look, the, the, I remember talking uh, on the big red bench to Graham Catchpole, the Monster Women's Hockey or Monster Hockey PRO, about that and how Munster went, you know, a last minute goal and then going through shuttles and winning. It. And you've described it even better there. It's clearly something that meant an awful lot to you because you're you're still basking in the glow.
2: Yeah. No. I me and my mum sit down at the TV and we put it on in <laughs> YouTube and just watch the shuttles. Oh, it was, it was really good to just win it with our friends because, like, we're all so close to the team because we all play in clubs together and, like, in schools and we don't know each other from, like, doing hockey camps throughout the year so, like, we're all great friends and winning it together was, it was just, it was such a good moment.
1: Um, Bethan, how important has St. Angela's, your school, been to you and your hockey development?
2: Um, yeah, say that like St Angeles has been really helpful like with my development um with the senior team. Like I started playing with the senior team when I was um in second or third year. Mm -hmm. And like I suppose like playing with older girls like that has also helped me like going into like Quinns and then starting to play with older girls it definitely helped. But um school hockey, yeah, I, I love school hockey like my school team, um like I play with anya in school and like there's a few girls on my Munster team that would be On the Munster 18 team, that would have been in my school as well. And we were really close to the team this year. And like we got unlucky in a few matches and um, we didn't make it to like the final or anything. But we still had a great year and a great season. So it was, uh, I love school hockey. So fun.
1: Excellent stuff. it's so competitive. Yeah, it sounds like it. Look, uh, yeah. beth look, it's been a, a real pleasure to get a chance to speak to you. Your name has cropped up so many times this year, and with good reason, you finished the season as the Munster Women's Hockey top scorer with 23 goals in front of some serious, serious names and international players. You're in the running as one of the nominees for this year's Under-18 Munster Women's Hockey's uh, Girl of the Year player, and we wish you well in that. You've been fantastic you. for Cork Harlequins. You've won a league title, uh, you've won a cup trophy, and you've done the business for Munster at inter level as well. I know we're going to be talking again in the very near and uh, future about your hockey career. We're going to keep an eye on it as it, go, as it goes from strength to strength. But for now, from everybody here on Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench, we're delighted uh, that you finished top goal scorer. We hope, we wish you all the best tonight at the awards ceremony. But no matter what happens, uh, you've already had a fantastic season and good luck to you and Cork Harlequins and everything next year again.
2: Thank
0: you. Thanks for having me. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from six PM. Resident
1: Red FM Formula One expert Sarah McKenzie Foley joins behind the Big Red Bench to discuss all the latest on and off track Formula One headlines around the twenty twenty three season. You can find more of Sarah McKenzie Foley's expert formula one analysis on her active social media accounts on YouTube Sarah McKenzie F one, Instagram MacGram underscore, and on Twitter MacTweets. The Miami Grand Prix is in the history books, Uh, an interesting weekend to put it mildly in the United States this past weekend. So we need to talk to our resident Red FM and Big Red Bench Formula One expert, Sarah McKenzie-Foley, to get through um, quite a lot of talking points from this particular race. Sarah, you're very welcome back to the bench. How are you?
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think I have just about recovered from those uh, LL Cool J driver intros (laughs) yesterday.
1: Razmataz, I think is the word I'm looking for um, when it comes to the United States yeah. but hey this is what sells and this is what sells in the United States um, may, not, may not go down too well in Europe or maybe maybe it'll creep in more <laughs> in Europe we'll see but I suppose from the Miami Grand Prix from the racing's point of view Max Verstappen reigning world champion winning all 26 points with a time of 127.38 uh, leading home is his uh, Red Bull partner and uh, partner in crime, Sergio Perez, uh, was is second. Fernando Alonso for Aston Martin coming in in third. And then George Russell in the Mercedes fourth. And Carlos Sainz Jr. in the Ferrari in fifth. But, Sarah, we start with Ferrari because even though a fifth place finish on paper looks pretty good, it wasn't the best of weekends for Ferrari. And uh, some fans are beginning to ask some serious questions.
0: Yeah, I think just... The driver lineup has become, you know, we've talked about this a lot of times in the past on the podcast, and you kind of asked, you know, do you think these are the right drivers? And to date, I kind of stood by them both, but I think the number of errors now that are creeping up and the lack of confidence, particularly for Carlos Sainz, but I would say also for for Charlotte Clare to a certain degree, I just wonder, you know, are they lacking? What are they lacking in the team that's making them feel like they have to push? really to what seems to be beyond the limit because every driver knows what their limit is and okay, sometimes you'll overstep it and make it a mistake but it just seems like they're kind of left to go out there without a whole lot of support and I think fans are just becoming a bit, you know, sick of what appears to be another season where they're underperforming based on what, you know, the expectations that were set at the beginning which is obviously disappointing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment and it's, it's a question I've asked a few times. I think the car is there. I think that the aerodynamics Mm. are there. I think, I don't know if it's good enough to beat the Red Bull just yet, but what what a lot of Ferrari fans, and I was certainly looking for from those two drivers, considering their joint experience, combined experience was a step forward this year to be the team, the Mm. second best team, even to be the ones pushing instead. It's the Aston Martins. Instead, it's Mercedes who are creeping in there every car. And it's not just one or two races. It seems to be more on a consistent basis. So, I think these are legitimate questions to ask of Ferrari because we don't want to go back over the pit stop debacle that was last year, the mistakes Mm -hmm. made by the pit crew, made inside in the pits, not necessarily by the drivers. But I wonder, I just wonder if the car, I think the car is there. I think the aerodynamics are there. I think the package is there. But I think with a quicker driver and a more consistent driver, and I'm looking at George Russell, I'm thinking like, okay, if George Mm -hmm. Russell... Or if Lewis Hamilton, even God forbid, was in a Ferrari, I think they'd be further up the grid.
0: Yeah, they just seem to lack that. You know, the the edge mm. that you kind of always associate with Ferrari. There's always this fiery sort of. Um, it's just this sort. Of, it's almost like a, an, un, undescri- an indescribable thing, and I think they're both drivers are just lacking it at the moment. And as you say, it's not because you know, everyone is slower than the Red Bull, but that doesn't mean that you just kind of get out there and throw something at the wall and hope that it sticks, which kind of is what mm. it feels like Ferrari are doing at the moment. And I think it was very telling, you know, that, that double overtake that Verstappen, uh, that Verstappen did on, on Magnussen and Leclerc yesterday, where Charles Leclerc literally just got swallowed up. It was, you know, we saw a lot of Fast and Furious cast members in Miami over the weekend, but it genuinely looked like something out of one of those movies and that shouldn't be happening to this particular Ferrari it just shouldn't as you said the car is it's too good for that I think
1: yes I think the middle part of the season and perhaps the the second half definitely is going to be very interesting viewing to see how Ferrari can they pick it up can the drivers respond but right now it's just not good enough what is very good enough right now at the moment is Max Verstappen reigning world champion back to winning ways um creating a bit of history as well with his uh with his victory at the weekend and equaling a record, um, but not not straightforward. And Sergio Perez, even though he was snapping at his heels for quite a lot of it, uh, Sarah, Verstappen coming through like the world champion that he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he obviously started out of position in P9. He was up to the top five within nine laps. So, you, you know, we always kind of knew that he would come charging through and unfortunately, I think partially because they know that it's not their fight to fight. You know, not many drivers really kind of put it up to him and I think in the end what really did Max credit yesterday was the amount of both pace and you know the amount of time that he got out of the set of hard tires that he was on because that was the preferred tire and he knew that he was going to have to go on to the left for a medium at the end so he really had to eke as much as he could out and to be fair to him you know Sergio Perez as he said was trying his best to stay within a pit stop window of Max so that at least he would put him under pressure when he came back out but even when that happened Max was just he was just too strong and his tires were too fresh and it was a dominant performance again
1: It was, and from Verstappen's point of view, equaling 38 wins, which is the most by a Red Bull racing driver, a a record originally set by Sebastian Vettel, um, who won back-to-back championships, four back-to-back championships for that particular team. That's a stat that you've provided us with here in the big red bench, Sarah Mackenzie foley And I think, look, I think just to draw a line under it, Perra is still there. I think he's going to be snapping Mm. at the heels. It's going to be very interesting. It makes it interesting. But I think Max... What I took from the Miami Grand Prix is he took the advice on board and learned a few lessons from the previous kind of stroppy behavior and whatever, maybe a little bit of untidy driving in the previous race. Maybe the shock of Perez getting close to him. He's just living with mm-hmm. it now and doing what he does best. And that's just, you know, dominating. And he has a car that can dominate, an Adrian Newey-designed car that can dominate. He has experience. He's a world champion. And again, I thought he drove like a world champion in Miami.
0: Absolutely, and you mentioned Adrian Newey, Newey, unfortunately for the rest of us, uh, he is, he's extended his contract with Red Bulls, so it's, uh, it's not looking like that car is going anywhere anytime soon.
1: We need to find the next Adrian Newey, and maybe he's Italian, hopefully, <laughs> might uh, might head over to Ferrari. <laughs> the remaining field, there was a lot of interesting um, uh, you know, stories uh, away from the top four or five, and I just wanted to ask you very briefly, uh, Fernando Alonso, once again in the Aston <laughs> Martin, really impressive drive. Is consistency the thing with this car, no? Because they have a driver that can deliver podiums. You know, a few updates here and there, perhaps in the second half of the season. Is there any any thought process maybe you know, you've been looking at Fernando and that particular car? Could they actually start challenging Red Bull?
0: Unfortunately, I don't think so. I think, you know, the Delta, as far as how, how far behind they finished, behind the Red Bulls, I think, is, is still very large. And um, I think Fernando... <laughs> as he admitted after the race actually every time he came around I think it was turn 11 he was just watching little bits of the race on the big screen because he was really just running around in third kind of with nobody around him I think the the interesting kind of subplot potentially with Aston Martin is what can Lance Stroll do to make this more of a two-pronged attack as opposed to the entire thing basically relying on Fernando which is sort of how it looks at the moment you know, if you look at results um, and, and overall performance, I think, across each race weekend, Lance just really hasn't been anywhere near Fernando's level. So I wonder what they can do to bring him up to speed, because again, the car is there, but is it, you know, is it that he just doesn't have the skills to, to bring the best out of it. He's definitely not a Fernando Alonso, but can he be better? How much can, more can they get out of him?
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Aston Martin can come up with again towards the second half of the season. Uh, they've got a driver who's in form. He's full of confidence. He knows this inside out. He's been there, done that. in Fernando Alonso, as you said, uh, a second driver that needs to up, up it now. And we might see an increase from Stroll uh, in performance as well over the next couple of months. Um, Of the remaining field, uh, Magnussen and Hülkenberg, 10th and 14 respectively for Haas. Good weekend?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know they were kind of left left uh, holding the flag, really for for the U.S. because unfortunately Logan Sargent and Williams had a terrible weekend. So, uh, half you know being an American-owned team, I think that would have definitely pleased a lot of of American fans. And you know Magnuson, it wasn't by accident that he finished in the points. You know he had he had qualified well, managed to get himself into Q3, and then obviously started out of position, but still held himself very well and actually did a great job in particular of keeping charlotte claire behind him so i think that will be have been really promising for them and you know it's, i think we've been kind of waiting for for that potential to be unlocked at half and i think it's, it's sort of slowly coming together uh with this set of drivers so i think if they can keep that up it'll be great
1: Yes, it will. And uh, from the American point of view and the TV viewing point of view, it certainly was important that Haas had some sort of a positive weekend. Disappointing for Logan Sargent, as you said, in the Williams. But uh, Haas certainly looked to be on an upward curve. Finally, we have to talk, uh, unfortunately, about a disappointing weekend for McLaren. Um, you know, I mean, it early pace early in the week looked like it was there. Uh, but Pistari P19 and Norris P17, that, that's just not good enough for McLaren, Sarah.
0: Yeah, it was really, really disappointing. And I think, you know, I mean, Norris had a bit of a coming together with Nick Devries at the start, but I really don't think that would have made, you know, had that not happened, I don't know, would it have made a huge difference to his race. I, I could be wrong, but I just, as soon as those McCarrens got into qualifying out of free practice, it, all the pace just disappeared. And, you know, they're in the middle of a rebuild, yes, but... They're talking about getting wins and results by 2025, and you look at other teams around them that are targeting similar timelines, and you kind of think, I, I don't know how you're going to close that gap in that space of time. Um, they know, you know, undoubtedly have a really talented young driver lineup, and I think they Piastri will be there. Obviously, he had a big debacle to get there in the first place, but I do wonder what's going to happen with Landon Laris over the next couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, another perhaps disappointing storyline to keep an eye on, but hopefully he can find some pace in that car. I think he's a very talented driver, and I just I don't know what's happening to him. It's like Daniel Ricciardo when he went there you know you don't want McLaren to become a graveyard for drivers but um, it's certainly starting mm. to look like that all of a sudden and that's just not a good look so they need a big investment and they certainly need an improvement in the next half of the season. Let's finish up by having a quick check on the F1 driver standings Max Verstappen reigning world champion Red Bull out in front on 119 points closely followed up by his teammate Sergio Perez on 105 Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin uh, four podiums this year and he's on 75 Lewis Hamilton how is he up there? He's in fourth place for Mercedes <laughs> on 56 points with one podium and then uh, Again, how is this guy here? Carlos Sainz Jr. for Ferrari. No podiums, no wins, but he's on 44 points. The Constructors' Championship looks, as you would expect, uh, quite dominant already with Red Bull. Five wins, nine podiums, 224 points. Aston Martin leading the charge in second place on 102, closely followed by Mercedes on 96, Ferrari 78 and McLaren on 14th. The next Formula 1 is uh, at the world famous and a very, very uh, historic track for a lot of Formula One aficionados like myself down through the years and that is at Imola and that is the 21st of May the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix at the Autostrada Enzo di Dino Ferrari in Imola that's two weeks time um so a bit of work to do in between for all those teams we'll be previewing that we'll be talking about all the off-track headlines as well as ever with our resident expert Sarah McKenzie Foley here on the big red bench but in the interim Sarah where can we find your online content
0: Yes, yeah, so you can find me live tweeting during the races at MacTweets underscore, and you can also find my videos on YouTube if you search Sarah
1: McKenzie F1. Excellent stuff. We'll talk again soon, Sarah. Thanks a million. Thanks, sir.
0: Missed the show. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie,
1: Cork's Red FM. Cork will have to overcome Waterford in Clanakilty to secure a Munster LGFA Senior Football Championship final berth following a terrific comeback against Kerry in Parky Creve last weekend. Down two fourteen to 10 points, Shane Rene side scored an unanswered 2-4 in the dying embers of last Sunday's dramatic clash with the Kingdom. A draw looked highly unlikely with 10 minutes to go of a physical encounter. The game's outstanding player, Louise Hertig amassed 1-7 before having to retire injured and emptying his substitutes bench, Shane Ronan injected some much needed impetus into his forward line. Orda Cahalan made an immediate impact, scoring 1-1 shortly after coming on. Valley Rovers Emer Kiley finished with 1-4 and her outstanding goal left a point between the sides deep into injury time. Then the excellent Katie Quirk level matters and that was enough to earn Cork a draw from the jaws of defeat. Immediately after that fantastic encounter, I caught up with Kerry co manager Dara Small, Cork manager Shane Ronane, and first, Cork fullback Emer Meaney. Uh Emer, first of all, it was looking pretty bad over a couple of minutes ago, but Cork really dug deep to get a 2-14 to 2-14 draw with Kerry. You must be delighted with the way you responded.
3: Yeah, I think the last 10 minutes, like we were slow to get into the game, probably too slow, and that's why why we didn't come away with the win. Um, we know if we had started stronger that we could have got a win here today, but look, if you had told me 50 minutes ago that we get out of here with a draw, I would have been delighted. So I think, look, there's a lot of learning points to take from the game as a whole, but the last 10 minutes, we were definitely impressed with how we, we dug the game out.
1: Uh, Waterford won today against Tipperary so look it means you go to Clan of Kilty next weekend you just need to win in all cases purposes it's a semi-final but that's the way you want it
3: Yeah and look we, we've played Waterford we know exactly what they're like they, they work so incredibly hard we know that we have a tough battle against us next week but I think we can build on the last 10 minutes from today and really drive on into next weekend and hopefully come out of there with a win yeah,
1: because the goal here is keep playing in Munster as long as you can, get to a final, because that sets you up for the All-Ireland.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, we, we want to be playing in a Munster final. That's where everybody playing in the Munster Championship wants to be. And look, going into to the All-Ireland, then, you know, the series, then you're set up. So we want to play for as long as we can. We want to play as many games as we can, and we want to win as many of them as we can as well.
1: Congratulations on the comeback. Well done.
3: Thanks very much, Jack.
1: OK, Shane Ranaean, hard to... To, hard to sur- sur- surmise that game, but two four unanswered in the last few minutes. When you look dead and buried, that is a, a, a fantastic comeback. Shows guts, shows heart, but also shows what this car team is made of when they were put up, when their backs are against the wall.
4: Yeah, look, I suppose uh, this would have been a different. I was expecting a different interview, you know, uh, ten, 10 minutes for the end, but. Look, great battling qualities from the girls, you know, things were going against us, uh, you know, little decisions, I suppose, refereeing ones, you know, both, two big decisions again game, both went against us, so we'd be very disappointed about that, but I suppose, and lots of, I suppose, some of our players just were having off days, yeah. but, you know, that's why we've got a squad, I think the bench were absolutely brilliant, like, Orla Callan was very disappointed Friday night when we told her she wasn't playing, yeah. um, but she showed how good she is today, and well, I suppose one, that's, yeah. you know, one-one off the bench, probably scored a goal with her first touch, and, yeah. um, you know, Eimear Kiley. A bullet of a goal like, you know, and she was very unlucky just before that she had tried one, you know, um, you know, and I think look, we've got great players, they've got great heart they've worked incredibly hard since the league finished. And I suppose um, you know, I'm delighted that they kept going today. and I think as I said, when things weren't going when things weren't going our way, they still battled. And I think that's very, very important. And looked at you know, I'm delighted with that impact of the bench. Look, Marl Callan as well there came on played a captain's part in the last ten minutes, you know, put in a couple of big physical hits which which Kerry were doing all day and I think I suppose that's something we've got to look at. Carry look, our, they're serious outfit. it. Um, I, I'm not surprised the way they played today. Um, I'm just a bit disappointed by the way I suppose we, re, we responded to them. But I think we our, our response in the last 10, 15 minutes, and we could have stole it. Mm. You know, I was reminiscent of, you know, of 2014 our Iron Final. It was like, you know, uh, that massive comeback. And look, we did it again this year against the Dublin. Against Dublin, we brought it back level. So look, that's a never scenario issue we have. We've created that in the camp this year. They're never beaten. And I think, look. If we can start out a few things, you know, as as we go on, I think, you know, it's it's it's, it's gonna get better. But I suppose we have to stop getting ourselves into those positions. So we know that as well. And there's a lot, there's a lot of there's honest players and there, girls who came off, they'll know maybe it wasn't it wasn't their day today. And look we've got a few knocks, few few injuries and things like that. Look, poor is out for the season I'd say, Joe. Um uh-huh. You know, I'd say it's probably it's a, it's a bad knee injury. So, look, we've had to deal with that as well this weekend. like, you know, our sisters on the team, that's, that's not easy. Like, you know, a, you, you know, they're a very close bunch as well. So, you know, when you get bad news like that Thursday, that, yeah, that throws people a bit. So, look, there's the human side of it. So, we've got to be cognizant of all that. And, look, we're very, very happy. They're a great bunch. You know, never say die. And I, I'm very happy with that.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic comeback. It's an all-early contender, as you said. Now, next weekend down in West Cork is a huge weekend for Cork LJV because you take on Waterford in all intents and purposes a semi-final for a monster championship—you want to win that, but you also want to get the supporters out to get behind you.
4: Yeah, look, we're delighted. I suppose when, when we had, I suppose the, the leeway to to pick our venues. We look, we we wanted to you know bring a game to West Cork. There hasn't been a, a championship game down there. I don't know when the last one was or where, if there was ever one before. And I suppose, look, we have a huge West Cork. Uh, of you know, the panel there's loads of girls there you know West Cork football is, is absolutely flying and look we're delighted to be going down at Clannacilty you know Kilty back putting sponsor our underage team so look we're delighted to be going down there I know they're very excited about it we're really looking forward to it as well it's a fantastic venue and I suppose um, you know I'm hoping to get, hoping there'll be a big crowd, you know, at the game. I know they're doing mini games at halftime. So it's, look, it'll be a festival of football next weekend down there. We're really looking forward to it, you know, and hopefully we can get a big West Cork down following on. And I know the way things are being talked about that, that we will have a big crowd out there. But and look, it's it's no winner take all game. We win, we're we we're, we're in we're in the final. What win there in the final, you know, and it, it, that's how big a game it is. But you know, I probably was it was always even if we'd beaten Kerry today. We were still going down there, and if Walford beaten us, it could have been a three way tie, you know, if they'd beaten Tipperary today, which they've done. So it was always going to be a game where we can't, you know, take our foot off the pedal, we can't rest players. Uh, I suppose Kerry are in the position now, you know, they're, you know, again, they could be in trouble as well. Like, they not have to beat Tip as well. So, look, we said at the start of this championship, it's going to be nip and tuck. All the teams are, you know, three points ourselves in Tip last week, two points in the wall for Tip game today. This is a draw. You know, Kerry got a late goal last week to win by six. It's really, really competitive and I think that's going to stand to us as the year goes on. So look, we're really looking forward to next weekend. Our just a quick
5: reaction. Dramatic finish by Cork. Um, Ending the draw. but a magnificent game to watch in really. I suppose from your point of view standing on the sideline you're probably not too happy with that but for... A superb game of football really out there today. A uh, superb game of football. Look, ladies football over the last couple of months, has, there's been some cracker of games and some brilliant uh, team displays. And I think today was another game where anyone watching in for the first time would only be, you know, would fall in love with the game with the pace of that out there today. Um, yeah, disappointed with the last seven, eight minutes. We lost a bit of concentration. Um, as I said to uh, reported reporter a few minutes ago, look, six, seven weeks ago, we were beaten here by 15, 16 points. We went on to win the, the, the league title in the interim and we came here today and with seven eight minutes to go we're ten points up and I won't say we throw it away but we just switched off and, and left Cork and you can't give someone a team like Cork and to be fair to Shane he's done very well drilled and look they took their opportunities when they came in the, at the end of the game and we'd be disappointed with that but there's loads to, for us to learn a lot of progression has happened since the last game here in Parker even Paddy's day so um, look we'll live to fight another day we'll learn from it and we'll move on Obviously, still in your hands, um, you know, as yourself. We went over to Tipperary next week and into the Munster final, so you know, at least it's still in your own hands after today. Oh, yeah, same as Shane. Look, we both have what? Is it three points? Two yeah. points for a win, so it's three points in the bag each you No, know? yeah, so yeah. we both know what we have to do next week. Uh, look, Tipper not a fabulous team. Ashley Marnie is lighting it up at the moment. Um, Maria Corley, look, they're a fantastic team. Um, but we we'll go away, we we'll lick our wounds from today. It Feels like a loss inside in the dressing room. The girls are very disappointed. But it's uh, you not know, for fifty-five minutes. Uh, besides the first ten minutes, it took us a bit of time to kind of get into the game. But when we did, I thought we dismantled the car kick out. Uh, I, the work better I think a walkway of far. I think it was hard to get probably five One turnovers seven. herself. One, One seven. seven yeah look I'm not going to wax lyrical about her but everyone knows how good she is but I think our supporting cast there today was outstanding as well some very very good individual displays and look for up until that 52nd 50 53rd 50 minute we, we dominated the game and then as I said look we, we switched off and we paid the price but look we'll be back I suppose obviously of concern to you obviously would be the injuries that you picked up to, to Louise and Schaefer like obviously two very very big players for you you know they both didn't didn't look too good coming after. no Louise will be fine she rolled her ankle there yeah. but she, she should be fine Schaefer would be concerned she's after hospital now and um, so yeah look as i said already there's a couple of calls there that we'd be disappointed with i suppose in the game uh, a couple of he- very heavy hits we're we- myself and deck have always been for adding a little bit more physicality to to the ladies game i think the the shape and the conditioning all the teams are in at the moment the game deserves that but there's a couple of hits there that probably went over the line a little bit, but that's fine. Look, that's all part of it. Um, We'll we'll go in. We'll lick our wounds, as I said. We'll hopefully get our injuries right and and we'll be ready for tip next week. The Big Red Bench.
0: Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: It has been another hectic weekend in the Cork LGFA County Football Leagues. Here's a recap of all the results, scorers, standout players and updated league standings across the county's top four Cork LGFA divisions. Right, it's time for a roundup of the Cork LGVA County Leagues. We're going to look at the top four divisions and what's been happening recently. Plenty of action, lots of great, great games, and some uh, interesting scores as well. Let's start at the top, and that's Division One, Group One. And the opening game of last weekend involved Glanmire and Air Og. And Air Og ran out 3 5 to 2 7 winners in this particular game uh, for Glanmire. Abby O'Mahony scored 1 2, Neil McAllen won 1. Order Roach got two points and amongst their best players were Ellen Toomey, O'Mahony, Clodo Donovan, Order Roach and Ali McCarthy. It was a disappointing result for Auckland where They missed a penalty that might have actually snatched it for them. But it's Airog who won uh, and played very, very well in, prote- in the second half of that particular game. Now, in the same group, uh, Clannacilty registered a pretty comprehensive victory, 6-13 over uh, to 1-7 over Valley Rovers and Ahamela. Now, uh, both sides are missing a number of players uh, because, uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, an under-21-county championship final on as well this week for Clannacilty. But uh, Clann, pretty convincing winners there, taking the results 6-13 to 1-7. Um, Despite that loss, Valleys, Molly and Kate Lynch and Alicia Collins played particularly well for uh, the Brittany club, but from Clannock the Keir got one, three, Sinead O'Donovan one, two, Keir O'Mahony a goal, as did Schaefer Patwell, uh, Anya O'Leary, and Meyer Barrett. Ellen Hall scored three points, Jenny Quinn, Rachel DC, Mavo O'Donovan, Efo, Flynn Mead, and Orla Nooney all getting a point each. Uh, Kinsale and Inch Rovers' schedule match was postponed. What all that means is, following this weekend, the Division 1, Group 1 looks like this. Airoga on top with a maximum point from their three outings, three games, three wins and nine points. Glenmire in second place on six points. Kinsale, who have a, a game in hand, uh, they have three points, as do Clannacilty, who picked up their first win against Valley Rovers. They're also on three, and Valley and Inch on one point apiece to the other group in Division 1, Division 1 Group 2. And on Sunday, Fermoy travelled to West Cork and registered a comprehensive five thirteen 13 to 2-7 victory over Castlehaven. Um, and a really, really good game here. Fermoy on top in the first half, leading 2-8 to 0-2 at the break. And they kicked on in the second half. Uh, to register that, uh, Abby Scannell had a fantastic game for from, from Moy. She got 2 5. Andrea McGrath got 1 1. Michelle Parker got a goal. Ashley Daly got a goal. Searsham Moore got three points. Teresa Murphy got two. And Eva Carey also got two. Uh, some of Moy's best players also included Claude O'Brien, Maria Sullivan, Ashley Hutchings, Katie Flynn, Teresa Murphy, Abby Scannell, Michelle Parker, Ava Carey, Carey and Andrea McGrath and it was great to see Saoirse Moore back in action having recovered from a cruciate injury uh, coming on as she did in the second half and scoring three points. Disappointing day for Castlehaven but despite that Ellie McCarthy got six points, Ellen McGuire got a goal as did Siobhan Courtney and Neva Sullivan also kicked over a point and some of their uh, best performers included Aideen Sandry, Shelley Daly and Ellen Buckley. Now another game and a high scoring game <clears throat> In Division 1 Group excuse me, involved Bride Rovers and Glen Desmond's Boy, And this finished, Bride Rovers 4 16, Desmond's Bui. Uh, five thirteen—a draw. Um, uh, unbelievable game here with, game, with scores flying in at both ends. Uh, from uh Bride Rovers' point of view, Lily Murray top scored with two nine. Emma Roach got one one. Maeve Leamy got one two, and then there was two points each from Emma Barry and Jen Cal. Um, as for Ara Glenn uh, some of their standout players included Julie Denny, Kate Denny, and Ava DC. And in the backs, and Casey as well was another player who played particularly well. Uh, for them. Uh, the game ended as well with a 13 metre free which Bride Rovers had to draw the game on the final whistle. It was an evenly, evenly contested game so well done to both sides. 5-13 to 4-16. That's some scoring but a draw for both of those teams. Bride Rovers and Art Glenn Desmonds Bay in Division 1 Group 2. The other game this past weekend played in Division 1 Group 2 involved St. Vals and Ada, And on this occasion... Uh, it was St. Vals who ran out uh, winners one thirteen to one seven. Uh, a scores included Katie Farrell who got one one, Christine Morner got two points, Brianna Smith, Yvonne Burgoyne, Lauren McAllister, and Amanda Bennett, who got a point each. Uh, as for St. Vals, Kira McCarthy got six points, Breech Carcary uh, with three points, and Leah McMahon uh, with a goal and their top performers as well included Ashley Callah Norena Callan, Callaghan, Carcary, Carkery and Kira McCarthy. Um some good performances as well uh, from uh, Sarah Walsh, Amanda Bennett, and Sorsha Phelan uh, for Ada. So, that what all that means is for Moi, uh, sit top of Division One Group Two, having a really, really good start to the season. Very positive. Three games played, nine points on the board. Castlehaven, that was their first loss of the season. They have six points, as do St. Fald's They're also on six points. And then you have Ada on three, Ardlan Desmond's Bowie on one, and Bright Rovers on one. <clears throat> we move on to Division Two. And a busy weekend in this particular league as well, uh, with some uh, big scores and some results coming in on Saturday. Ross Carbery Ladies uh, registered a two thirteen to one defeat of Dunamore away from home in the Division Two League. Lauren O'Donovan got one five for Ross Carbery, where Mary Hurley scored a goal. Megan Hayes got three points. Maeve Kingston two points. Claire Kingston, Ellie Jennings, Fiona O'Callaghan point each. And some of Ross's best players included Sandra Dunhu, Sarah Hayes, and Ellie Jennings. Now on Sunday, a high profile game here, and this was between. Um, a rerun of last year's County Junior A-Final uh, between Neva Vaughan and O'Donovan-Rossa. And it was on, the game was on in Skibbereen, but it went the way of the All-Ireland Junior finalist, Neva Vaughan, because they ran out 2-9 to 2-3 winners. Their scores, Grace Murphy got 1-4, Joanne Kelly, Grani, Lucy, uh, a point each, as did Murray Tuig and Colleen Phelan got 1-2 for uh, the Skibbereen club. Kate O'Donovan got 1-2, Alan Healy got a goal and Sarah uh, Hurley also scored a point another result from Division 2 from the past weekend Awandala 2-4 Moran Abbey 4-13 back to winning ways for Mornabi Abbey there good result for them away from home and the final game in Division 2 this past weekend involved Doughneys and Douglas and it was the Westcore club who came out on top here 4-13 to 110. Uh half time there was only two points in it. Donnie's leading 1-7 to 1-5, but they kicked on the second half and took their goal chance as well. And those goals were scored by Ruth Collins, Lauren Farr, Michelle Murphy and Noel O'Mahony. All that means, uh, Division 2, and it's very, very tight at the top. O'Donovan, Rossa are on six points, Neva on six points, and Moran Abbey are also on six points. Donnie's Douglas, Ross, Carby, and Owen Dalla on three, and Dunham yet to get off the mark. And that looks like being a really, really tight league yet again this year. Division three and the results from the past weekend: Drum Tariff, nine points, Watergrass Hill three two, Bishopstown one sixteen, Nemo Rangers two six, Carrigaline and Middleton an absolute cracker. Uh, Carrigaline edging it five eleven to four eleven. And the other game played in that particular group, uh, league this past weekend, Rockbourne and Bantry Blues and the Bantry Club coming out on top here, 4-4 to 1-8 to maintain their undefeated start. So um, a very, very good result for Bantry on that one as well. Uh, a game played in pretty difficult conditions. Uh, both teams were evenly matched, uh, but it was two super, superb goals uh, from Sarah Bishop and Aoife Kingston. saw so Bantry leading on a scoreline of 2-2 two, two to 1-4 at the break. Um, and again, as I said, the uh, Really, really good performance from Bantry in this one and their scores on the day. Eva Kingston got 2-1. Sarah Bishop won two. Laney Barry got a goal. Rachel Murphy got a point. And uh, a fantastic result for the West Cork Club because what that means is they joined Bishopstown in the joint lead of Division 3. Three games played, nine points apiece. Carrigaline have game in hand and they've also got six points. They've yet to drop any, uh, or yet to lose. And then we have a clutch of clubs on three points each. That's Nemo, Watergrass, Hillrock, Bond and Drum Tariff and Middleton yet to get off the mark. Division 4 this past weekend saw Bandon receive a walkover uh, from Aaron's own and Tyke McCorrig, another Westcar club, travelled to St Finbar's and recorded a 3 8 to 9 points victory. Beira as well, a resurgent at the moment. Great to see them on the way back. They had a very big win over St. Peter's. 5-10 to 3-9. Really, really good game here. Leading 4-5 to 1-6 at the break. St. Peter's came back into it in the second period, but it finished 5-10 to 3-9 in Beira's favour on a day. Nina Murphy in goal and centre-back Amanda Power were the rural area's best players. And great as well to see a familiar name, Anya Terry O'Sullivan, former Cork senior. She scored 2-5. Katie Connell-Sullivan got 2-1. Maureen O'Sullivan got a goal. Kira Murphy, three points and Fiona Murphy she also got a point what that means is it's very very tight as well at the top of the Division 4 table still early days in the league but Ty on maximum points with 9 points as her Bandon from 3 games Bera have 6 points Mallow have 6 points St Peter's on 3 and then Aaron's own St Vinbar's and Corsi Rovers Yet to get off the mark. That's a roundup of this weekend's Cork LGFA County Leagues. All the information, as always, on all of those leagues can be found on CorkladiesFootball.com and across the Cork LGFA's social media channels. The big red bench.
0: Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: Clonakilty defeated Kinsale in the Cork LGFA Under-21B County Final at Parky 4G pitch on Tuesday evening. Uh, a cracking game from start to finish. Uh, Clonakilty emerged 3-9 to 1-4 winners, thanks to 2-2 from Ashling Maloney, 1-1 from Keo Mahoney, 3 points from Schaefer-Patwell, Kira White, Millie Condon and Cuiva McAvoy each getting a point. For Kinsale, Cuiva Horgan scored at 1-2, Faye Hearn and Rosemary Buckley also raising white flags um, after the match I caught up with uh, Clannacilty mentors Dinny Enright and Joe Maloney as well as Schaefer Patwell and Millie Condon but first here's Ruth Channley. Uh Ruth Chanley, congratulations Under 21B county title uh, you played really well in defence tonight restricted to consail at two points in the second half you must be delighted
6: yeah absolutely delighted it was a tough match but sure we worked for it and we got there in the end, thank God, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can say it really came at you in the first half. They got a goal and two points, but your defence really showed them. You really kept them out.
6: Yeah, well, you know, sure. We were just, we were working a lot on defence and Denny is great with explaining things and stuff, so we really understand what we were, what we were supposed to do and we just put to work what we've been doing in training. So, thank God it worked.
1: Um, a lot of this team are under 21 again next year, move you up to the A grade. That's what you need to be doing, playing at the top grade?
6: Yeah, absolutely. That's always the goal in try to be the most competitive that we can and yeah we'll be looking forward to that next year
1: uh, from your point of view and a few of the other players how much has been playing and training at senior level helped you this year for under 21
6: oh massively so sure. the pace at senior is just completely it's just quick 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 and you learn so much from it especially from being with the older players as well you learn a lot from them as well and when you're playing other senior teams as well when they're so experienced and they know what you're doing and you read what they're doing it's just it's massive help
1: um, and just finally the surface obviously it was a 4G surface tonight took a while to get ready and get used to it yeah. but you, you settled in after
6: yeah absolutely it was just the first 5-10 minutes bit of getting used to but sure it was we got used to it in the end
1: anyway yeah. enjoy the celebrations we will <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks very much Rick, well uh, Batwell and Millie Conner congratulations on the 121 County B title say uh, Kinsale really put it up to you but you pulled away in the second half
6: they did they really were a tough team to play like they're very physical and sure look though so it was really good to win together as a team like it really showed in the end like we kind of dug deep when they put it up to us
1: um, the surface was different tonight it's 4G did it take a while to get used to
6: yeah it did I think it took the first like 10 minutes and then it started raining on top of that so it was really yeah. slippery but sure we're we a resilient bunch
1: so <laughs> <laughs> you did alright Billy Condon congratulations on your minor okay, All-Ireland title uh, this past weekend and now another 21B title for Clan as well not been a bad week
6: thank you <laughs> yeah no it wasn't bad to be fair I've like, nothing to complain about but uh, yeah no it wasn't bad
1: and- how difficult is it for, some, for something like that? You know, you're on the high of winning a camogie. How difficult is it to come back and then settle down for another 21 final?
6: Um, I suppose I haven't been thinking about the football kind of for the past week. So after Sunday, yesterday and today, I kind of just had to settle down and think about it and just, yeah, try my best anyway.
1: Um, The surface is a set to share for us. Not an easy surface to play on. It was a bit slippery as well, but you seem to cope quite well.
6: Yeah, no, I feel like we're kind of we we like running. Our all our team do, so I think it suits us well. We wouldn't be great with the like the big like heavy pitches. So like I think it suited us down to the
1: ground just finally a lot of this team the majority of this team are under 21 again next year like it's a really good bunch you've done well you've won a trophy and you'll be looking forward to playing in the A grade
6: yeah no uh, bring it on anyway we'll try our best next
1: year congratulations tonight congratulations to the Cavoggi as well well done
6: thanks a million
1: hearty congratulations Clan Kilty mentors here following the under 21 Cork LGF under 21B county final victory over Kinsale Dinian right first to you goals proved crucial tonight different playing surface for the girls but you weathered the storm as well through that game and came out on top
0: yeah I suppose when you mentioned goals, that's probably been our biggest problem all year We haven't been scoring enough goals But tonight we got the chances and they took them I think that, that was probably the difference Kinsale were unlucky,
1: they hit the post a few times But look, I suppose some go and some don't At different nights So We were happy with the with the chance we got And we took especially uh, Joe, from your point of view, the team uh, built a uh, first half lead But those two goals early in the second half proved crucial? Crucial uh, they were, uh, The hard work came from the backs working so hard getting that
4: ball out to them but um, there they are taking the cup on board Uh,
1: but yeah it was uh, I think it was trying to kill the game off early in, in the second half and I think that that's what worked for us Denny you mentioned your defence there; they were excellent. All through restricted, to two points in the second half. I mean, that's what you need if you want to win a county final, absolutely. And uh, and then trying to link those backs to the forward play and trying to get those scores because in the end of the day, it's scores that win matches. We got to score more than the other team, you know. Yes. <clears throat> certainly did. And just finally, Dinny what does this mean? This most of this team, if all bar one, I think, are under twenty-one again next year. This this is good for Clann na nGael, Derry going forward.
6: Oh,
0: absolutely. Look, most of these girls will probably feature on, on our, our senior team as the year goes on, and this will certainly give them confidence. As I said to them, look, you know, at this level and at, at playing seniors, well, you have to take your chances and they'll learn from this. We have a lot to do still, but, you know, it's good going forward. As you say, a lot of them, they'll probably be up a higher grade next year. And I think, you know, they need to be challenged. Thanks for stuff. Congratulations. Thanks very
1: much. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to The Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7 p.m. on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie.
0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM.